Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Der Show. Today, as you all know, is Martin Luther King Day, a day that uh, Congress has designated as a national holiday to celebrate the birth of one of America's great transformative uh, heroes, uh, uh, Martin Luther King. Um, I was privileged, really lucky, uh, to have been at the uh, speech, uh, what's it now, um, 60 years ago, I guess. Uh, um, I had just started out as a law clerk on the Supreme Court. And um, Earl Warren, who was the Chief Justice, circulated a memo, or maybe just let it be known, that he didn't want any of the law clerks to go to this march. It was a march for jobs, um, but it was supposed to be a very big march in which hundreds of thousands of people would come and descend on Washington. Um, And um, uh, the Chief Justice was concerned that the march might end up in violence and arrests. And we, as part of the judiciary, would have to be passing on some of these issues. And so we got instructions not to go. This was very disappointing to me. I wanted very much to hear Martin Luther King. He was a real hero to me. Uh, I grew up during the civil rights movement. He was 10 years older than I was. But, um, uh, you know, I was in my mid 20s. He was in his mid 30s. And uh, he was the inspiration for the civil rights movement. Just a couple of years earlier, I'd gone down south, um, trained at Howard University and gone as a monitor and observer. I was not in harm's way and saw some of the terrible things that were going on in the South and saw the segregated bathrooms and train stations and all of that. This was, um, you know, seven, eight years already after Brown versus Board of Education, but Jim Crow was still alive and well. In the South, I eventually married a Southern woman from Charleston, South Carolina, and had some very interesting conversations with the family. Her father was a a pharmacist who by law had to keep the lunch counter in his pharmacy segregated. And so we had a black doctor who was a friend of his, but he couldn't eat lunch with him at his own store at his lunch counter. He would have to go up to the office uh, in the second floor and quietly have, have lunch with, uh, with the doctor who, um, uh, who uh, uh, prescribed uh, um, many prescriptions to, to my father-in-law, the pharmacist. And my wife, of course, remembers segregated bathrooms and and all of that. And Martin Luther King was the hero. He put himself in harm's way. Uh, He was arrested. His letter from Birmingham jail is one of the classics of uh, American uh, literature, indeed world literature. And I always remember him marching together with Rabbi Heschel, Jews and blacks in those days were very, very close together. And Jews were a very important part of the of the civil rights movement. And um, it, uh, uh, I was denied a, a letter of recommendation from the president of Brooklyn College uh, to Yale Law School um, because I had participated in an NACP bus ride 
to Washington, D.C., and Harry Gideons, the president of Brooklyn College, thought the NAACP was a, a communist infiltrated or communist front or fellow traveler organization, and he didn't want Brooklyn College to be associated with it. I was the president of the student body, and I allowed the Brooklyn College banner to be put on the bus, and that created a conflict between me and the president of Brooklyn College, which resulted in me not getting a letter of recommendation, which resulted in me being put on the wait list and not getting into Yale immediately. And fortunately, I talked myself into uh, uh, getting off the wait list and um, did pretty well at Yale Law School. In any event, Martin Luther King was uh, always one of my uh, heroes. And um, um, and I went to the, um, uh, to the march, notwithstanding the Chief Justice's instructions not to, but I was protected because I went with the judge I had previously clerked for, Judge David Bazelon, whose office was just down the road from where the events were. And we walked there. We were on the outside periphery of the crowd. And um, it was pretty boring, speaker after speaker, until, you know, the majestic moment when Martin Luther King uh, declared uh, that he had a dream. I have a dream that someday my children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that became, that dream uh, became the mantra of the civil rights movement, civil liberties movement. Um, I don't know anybody who didn't uh, want that dream to come true. Remember, I grew up in Brooklyn uh, and not in the South. And uh, obviously, there were many in the South that didn't want it to come true. By the way, there were many in Boston. When I moved to Boston some years later, who didn't want that to come true? Boston, when I moved there in 1964, was a segregated city um, and uh, a city with racism and a city in which people got elected to high office by opposing uh, integration and busing and a range of other remedies that was designed to implement the Supreme Court decision in 1974 banning segregation both in law and in fact in, in public education. So uh, yeah, uh, Martin Luther King was one of my heroes and uh, I never represented him. I wish I had. I was a little too young for that. Um, I remember vividly the day he died. What a tragic event that was. That year was one of the worst years, that period of time uh, when John F. Kennedy, just several years earlier, while I was a law clerk, was assassinated. And then his brother, Robert, was assassinated. Uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. It really looked like America was in for a, a violent period of time. It's much worse now. It is much worse now. There's no comparison between how bad America is now and what it was even in the late 60s and early 70s during the period of assassinations and the uh, Chicago um, demonstrations uh, against the Democratic Convention where Hubert Humphrey was nominated for president and Richard Nixon ultimately became president. It was terrible. And there were attempts to blow up schools and attempts to uh, blow up uh, uh, army bases in Fort Dix. It was terrible, terrible. It's much worse now. It's much worse now because back in the day, there were a small number of radical, hard left, former communists, current communists, people who wanted to overthrow the government, people who had no interest in the future of the United States as the country it is. But it was a small number of people. Uh, there were useful idiots, but not nearly as many useful idiots as there, as there are today. Today, the country is so, so deeply divided in so many different ways. 
and um, and 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 also uh, back in the day, everybody seemed to favor desegregation. They seemed to favor racial equality in which people could be judged on meritocracy. That was Martin Luther King's hope and goal, that everybody could be judged on their individual merits. He talked, talked about it as the content of their character, but it goes beyond character. It goes to merit, merit being judged by merit. Today, merit's a dirty word. Today, Martin Luther King has been replaced by DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every one of the elements of diversity, equity, and inclusion known as DEI, every one of those elements is antagonistic to Martin Luther King's dream and to what he died for and to what he lived for. Uh, diversity, as defined by DEI, is only, only skin color. That's all. Um, nobody wants uh, a diverse background education. The people who are calling for diversity just want more African-Americans. Um, and There's no limit on the number they would want. I don't know of any black civil rights worker that's calling for diversity in the National Basketball Association or the National Football League. Uh, no, it, diversity is a code word for more blacks. That's all it means. Uh, it certainly doesn't mean diversity of opinion. It certainly doesn't mean diversity of politics. It certainly doesn't mean diversity of religious views. It means only skin deep diversity. And that's not what Martin Luther King uh, wanted. Of course he wanted more African-Americans because there were so few and because there was so much discrimination, but he would have been very, very satisfied if um, meritocracy was substituted for Jim Crow, if people could make it on their merits. And if that meant some more blacks, fine, but he didn't believe in quotas. Um, he didn't believe in uh, dividing the world based on on on, on racial considerations. Uh, so he certainly didn't believe in the diversity of the DEI program, and he certainly didn't believe in equity. Equity is the opposite of equality. Equity, as defined by DEI, means that uh, African Americans uh, have a right as a group to a certain percentage of the available jobs, uh, applications, uh, admissions, uh, professorships, whatever they are. Um, equity is the opposite of equality, and Martin Luther King was in favor of equality. He was also in favor of inclusion, but he would never, ever have dreamed that inclusion would mean exclusion. And that's what DEI means. It means that Asian Americans are excluded, Jewish Americans are excluded, Italian Americans are excluded, Irish Americans are excluded. That's the last thing Martin Luther King would have wanted. And the other thing he was appalled by was anti-Semitism. He went out of his way over and over again to condemn anti-Semitism and to march with Rabbi Heschel and other Jewish leaders um, and to uh, work together with the NAACP that was founded and, 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 and run often um, by, not run, but the presidents and various major leaders, of the NAACP were Jewish leaders. And there was no, there was no inconsistency between being a Jewish leader and, and a leader of a, of a black organization, which had as its goal the end of uh, segregation and the end of discrimination. So uh, that worked together. And uh, I, I, I remember very vividly around the time of the Six Day War, uh, there was an event at Harvard, which several of my friends attended um, uh, in which Martin Luther King 
spoke and attended as well. It's a group of students, and I think uh, Marty Peretz was there, and Seema Martin Lipset, a great um, uh, political theorist, was there. And, uh, and, and, and the issue of anti-Zionism came up. And this is what he said. He was quoted exactly by Marty Lipset, and that was confirmed by others in the, in the room. Don't talk like that. When people criticize Zionists, they mean Jews. You're talking anti-Semitism. And so he understood that condemning Zionism, which is simply the right of the Jewish people to have a national homeland, like every other country has the right to have a national homeland in their indigenous place of origin, Eretz Yisrael, the, 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 the uh, land of Israel, the biblical land of Israel, the land where Jesus was born in Bethlehem and where he went to the temple in Jerusalem, which Palestinians then I existed, uh, because if the temple didn't exist, neither did Jesus. So it's a little bit of anti-Christian to take that position, but some some Arab and Palestinian leaders, including Arafat, took that position. Um, but, um, you know, Zionism is nothing more than the right of the Jewish people to have a homeland of their own, the way the, the French people and the Chinese people and the Indian people and, and other people have a homeland of their own. It doesn't deny the Palestinians the right to have a homeland of their own as long as they're willing to live in peace with the nation state of the Jewish people, but no Palestinian leader has ever said he recognizes Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people or as a Jewish state. Um, and, and Martin Luther King was a Zionist. He strongly believed in the right of uh, Israel to exist and to uh, defend itself. And um, uh, today, many of the people who claim to speak for Martin Luther King uh, speak against Zionism and uh, speak against the Jews and are overtly anti-Semitic. By the way, some of the most radical anti-Semitic people, both black and white, uh, are anti-Martin Luther King too. They think he was too Zionist. You know, as Winston Churchill was, his secretaries once asked, uh, if you have one criticism of the great man Winston Churchill, what would it be? And the secretary said, he liked the Jews a little too much. Well, I think the same thing could be said about Martin Luther King. He liked the Jews. Um, he did. Some of his best friends were, were, were Jewish. I mean that not in a cynical sense, but genuinely. Um, he got into trouble because one of his closest friends who was Jewish uh, had communist affiliations and J. Edgar Hoover investigated uh, Martin Luther King because of his friendship with a Jewish former uh, a communist. Um, uh, many people he associated with uh, legally, uh, many of his lawyers uh, were 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 Jewish. Many of his uh, many of his contributors were Jewish, and many of the people who marched with him were Jewish. I, I have a cousin who died. Um, he was down in the south, and he got arrested, and uh, eventually, all kind all kind of problems resulted from his arrest, and and he he died a very early death. Uh, there were other Jews, Schwerner and Goodman. Uh, who were killed along with Cheney um, by um, by the Ku Klux Klan and by uh, Southern racists. These were Jews who were standing up for the rights of African-American uh, people. But today that's all changed. And today uh, I'm not saying that um, uh, any percentage, any particular percentage of blacks 
have become anti-Semitic and anti-Jewish, but however many it is, it's too many. There are too many African-Americans today marching against uh, Jews, marching against Israel, uh, marching uh, against equality, marching against meritocracy. Um, today, if you talk about meritocracy, it's a microaggression. If you quote Martin Luther King's dream, it's a microaggression. If you talk about equality, equality, people being judged as individuals, it's a microaggression. What we need is reparations, group reparations, equity, and um, diversity, diversity in the way that I defined it just a minute ago. Martin Luther King would have been 95 um, today. Uh, that's only 10 years older than I am. And he could have lived to 95. Um, and um, we can all speculate about what his views would be. Uh, but speculation requires a basis. And I've studied Martin Luther King's writing, and I am absolutely convinced that he would not be in favor of, of, of DEI. He would not be in favor of intersectionality, where the world is divided into oppressor and oppressed. He saw the world in a much more nuanced and complex way. He knew that there was goodness in members of every group and badness in members of every group, that you shouldn't judge people based not only on the color of their skin, but based on their identity politics, whatever their identity is. Uh, you should judge them on the basis of their individual merits and demerits. That's called meritocracy. And that's what America was uh, built on. I don't believe he'd be in favor of the trends that we're seeing in colleges and universities today where, uh, where, where the DEI bureaucracy compels people to essentially take an oath to a particular philosophy. Uh, you know, that was more Malcolm X and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King did not get along. I had dinner with Malcolm X. I introduced him in the first year I taught at Harvard and um, he didn't have such good things to say about Martin Luther King. Uh, he, he thought he was kind of a wimp. A wimp, my God, he put his life on the line. They both put their lives on the line and they both ended up giving their lives. But uh, Martin Luther King was as tough as anybody could be. He just had a different conception uh, than, than Malcolm X. Malcolm X was in favor of black power, power, favor of advantages to black. He would be a supportive of, of DEI. Um, but but uh, Martin Luther King was different. He just wanted everybody to be judged equally, everybody to be judged based on their, on their merits. And he wanted... Uh, Israel to be judged on its merits. That didn't mean that Israel, in his view, was above criticism. Remember, he was a pacifist. And in 1967, Israel was not a country of pacifists. You couldn't be and live in that neighborhood. Um, Israel struck the first blow in the 1967 war because they had been attacked. They had been attacked by the Gulf of Aqaba being closed, and the Straits of Tehran being closed, and and uh, a massive army on the border, and Israel engaged in a preemptive strike. Martin Luther King didn't like violence, didn't like warfare, but uh, he understood that self-defense, he was not Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, he did not say to Jewish leaders what Gandhi said uh, in, in the early days of the, of the Holocaust, oh, just lie down 
in front of the tanks and let yourself be killed because you have the moral position on your side. No, that was not Martin Luther King's position. He was a pacifist. He was against the war in Vietnam. So was I. So were many other Jewish liberals against the war in Vietnam. But Martin Luther King was not somebody who believed that you just lay your arms down. Um, uh, in America, maybe you do. You go down south and you walk over that bridge uh, with your arms folded. Uh, you don't fight back when the dogs try to attack you. Um, but that's quite different than being in a situation in the Middle East where you're about to be attacked by tanks and 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 air forces and um, now terrorists. Um, how would he have reacted to the October 7th massacres? He would have been appalled. He would have condemned Hamas. Would he also have condemned Israel? Maybe. I don't know. Reasonable people could agree or disagree about whether Israel has taken it too far into Gaza. I don't think so. I think Israel is acting in self-defense and acting exactly where the United States and France and Britain um, would have acted, certainly the way China and Russia would have acted or to a lesser, much lesser degree than they would have acted. They wouldn't have cared about civilian life. Israel cares deeply about civilian life and does everything in its power uh, to protect it. So Let's join together and celebrate uh, Martin Luther King uh, as a great American hero. But let's remember what he stood for. And let's not allow his legacy to be distorted against what he really believed in. And that was equality, not equity. Desegregation, not resegregation. Um, meritocracy, not entitlement based on race. He believed that African-American people could compete uh, in the marketplace of ideas and of the economy as long as they didn't have barriers. And the goal is the elimination of barriers to black people, not the creation of barriers to other people. And so I do think that Martin Luther King would look around today and say, my dream has become a nightmare. My dream has disappeared. My dream is not come true. What I dreamt America would be, it's not becoming. Maybe it will be. I wish he were alive today because maybe he could make it become the place that so many of us dreamed about, a nation in which everybody was judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. So let's look at some letters. Uh, here we go. Dershowitz has a schizoid point of view. He's going to vote for the Biden regime, which is running the clown show of targeting Trump with unmitigated lawfare that is obviously an attack on the Constitution. And so he squawks about it here. That is just bloody irrational. Yes, yes, Alan is right about what's going on, but he's unwilling to vote against the authors of this corrupt burlesque. But let me turn it back at you. You think that the Biden administration will undermine the rule of law? Have you looked at Donald Trump lately? Have you heard of the things he has said? He will be a dictator on day one. He will try to take revenge against the people that have uh, prosecuted him. As you know, I wrote a book about it called Get Trump. I'm not in favor of how he's been treated by the Justice Department, but that doesn't mean I'm going to support him. Um, 
when I look to vote, I often look at the lesser of the two evils. And when I compare what Biden has done to the Constitution, I don't like it all. I don't like it all to what Trump says he will do to the Constitution. Um, you know, I can't bring myself to vote for Donald Trump. That's not schizoid. That's just sensible. That's just rationally calculating the evils to the Constitution. There are evils on both sides. In my book, At Trump, I talk about how much how much more dangerous to the Constitution this attempt to get Trump is than to allow Trump to run. Uh, I want Trump to want, run. I want him not to be taken off the ballots. I want him to be not prosecuted in the course of a political campaign. That doesn't mean I have to vote for him. There's nothing schizoid about that. Okay. I can't think... I can't think of one reason why Joe Biden couldn't be impeached for failing to enforce USC 1312, etc., etc. Well, I'll give you one reason. It's called the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't allow a president to be impeached because he didn't enforce the laws. Um, that may be a good reason for voting against them, but it is not treason. It is not bribery. It is not a high crime and misdemeanor. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be consistent, unlike some Republicans who voted against the impeachment of Trump, but now want to impeach Biden on the same grounds, essentially, that they voted against impeaching Trump for. No, I'm going to stick to my principles. Nobody should be impeached unless they can be convicted based on solid, solid evidence of treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. I do not think the Biden administration could be accused of that. I don't think the Trump administration could be accused of that. And so I don't think impeachment should be rolled out. I think we should have an election. I know what I want the election to turn out to be, but 11 months from now, I may change my mind. Uh, 10 months from now, whenever it is, I may change my mind at that point. But right now, um, I know who I'm voting against more than I know who I'm voting for. Okay. Um, professor, did you watch the presentation of Malcolm Shaw at the International Court of Justice defending Israel's case? Uh, available here, YouTube. I hope you did. I wonder what you think about it. Do you know him? Did you consult him? Well, the answer is I don't know him. I may have met him. I've been to England many times, um, met with many lawyers, so it's possible that I met him. Um, and uh, I thought his argument went very well. Um, I thought he was exceptionally able, as were all the lawyers for Israel. It's an easy case. Um, an easy case in theory, of course, Israel is not uh, guilty of, of, of genocide. I did not directly consult with him, but uh, I'm sure he's read my two dozen articles that I've written and, and six books about uh, the subject. Um, and he certainly uh, mirrored some of the arguments that I've made. That doesn't mean he's going to win because this is not a real court. It's a loaded court consisting of judges appointed by their own countries. And in some instances, the countries expect them to vote the way the country wants them to vote. Just imagine the Lebanese judge uh, voting for Israel. And they have to come home and explain that to Hezbollah. I wouldn't want to be in his place. Um, you are the last loyal patriot of America, Alan. A generation ago, everyone was as sane as you. What happened? Oh, yeah, you Democrats corrupted the criminal justice system. That's what happened. Well, a lot of things have happened. Um, the country has gotten terribly divided, which is remarkable because, you know, the country is not doing that bad. This is not the 1930s. We're not in the midst of a depression. 
Um, yeah, there's a tremendous disparity of wealth between the richest and the poorest, but even the poorest are doing better than they've done before. I, it's very hard to understand why the country is so angry and so, and so divided. Uh, and I think it's getting worse, not better. So if evidence surfaced that these political prosecutions against Trump were proved to be directed by the Biden administration, would you still vote Democrat? Well, they are directed by the Biden administration. The Biden administration runs the Justice Department. The Justice Department appointed Jack Smith. Jack Smith is the one who's doing the prosecution, and therefore the Biden administration is responsible for prosecuting Donald Trump. It's a terrible mistake. I think it violates the spirit of the Constitution, and it gives us several bananas on the scale of banana republics when you go after the man running against the incumbent president on the basis of weak cases. Now, some of them are state cases, uh, New York uh, and, and Georgia. Some of them are federal cases. Um, the federal cases are the responsibility of the Biden administration. He could call them off, but he hasn't done that. Okay. Uh, hey, Dersha shits. Did you rape any kids in the Chabad Brooklyn tunnel? You swine. Hey, <laughs> swine. Look who's talking about swine. Um, uh, no, no, uh, I, I didn't. And uh, uh, I read these letters only because it's so clear how people just make up, make up stories. But no matter how much evidence uh, there could be um, uh, of what I did and didn't do, some people just choose not to believe it. And that's their right. It's my right to respond to them and to fight back. Um, Mr. Dershowitz, in your recent episode about presidential immunity, you argued that the president is not immune from certain kinds of federal crimes. But think of it this way. Couldn't the president commit a federal crime and then immediately pardon himself? But these issues go to after the president leaves the presidency as well. And obviously he can't pardon himself then. There's a real question, and we don't know the answer, whether a president can pardon himself. But he doesn't have to because he can drop any political prosecution. At any point, he is the head of the executive branch. So think about all these things and enjoy the, 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 the Martin Luther King day. And, and just remember what an important person Martin Luther King was in our history. And, and please join me in hoping for a return to the spirit of Martin Luther King. See you tomorrow. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.